Radio Split Ranch. Hello and welcome once again to Radio Split Ranch, a monthly visit with the Capital Region's great radio personalities of the past and sometimes present. I'm Warren Garling when I'm not on the radio. I hope you're enjoying our opening theme music because I asked one of the most talented local singer-songwriters to compose it for me in exchange for a monthly plug here on the podcast. The composer is Drew Jacobs, who appears in concert with John McEwen of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band on February 27th at the Linda in Albany. His latest CD of song parodies is just a command away. Just ask Alexa or any streaming service to play Selfie Absorbed, and you'll be sure to have a laugh or five. Speaking of laughs, I hope you have your laughing shoes on for this month's conversation at the Radio Split Ranch. This broadcasting veteran has done both radio and TV as a disc jockey and newsman, plus worked in government and education, and is soon to be an internationally published author. Fasten your seatbelts for our visit with the very creative Brian Jackson. Who would have thunk about 45 years ago... When I was on WGNA and you and Joe Gallagher were on WOKO, that I'd eventually sit here and interview you both uh, one at a time. Thank goodness we don't need you know interruption from him, Brian Jackson. Well, thank you, thank you for inviting me. Did uh, at the when Joe was here, uh, you had sent me one of the promos that you did, and he had a trouble with the billing. You know, he thought that, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't get top billing on his show. It should be him getting a top billing and, and you help out. Right. We were doing a, a promo about what a great team we were. Yes, exactly. And then we got an argument about whose name should go first. Right. And I said, B, B comes before J. <laughs> uh, and then he said, but Gallagher comes before Jackson. And, yeah, uh, all that stuff. Know, all we got that a big stuff. argument about it. And we yeah. still haven't gotten over that argument. Yeah, I know. I, I I'm know. not talking it's to him to this day. I, I, it's very hard at the lunches that we have to sit you guys, you know, near each other i know it's tough it's tough so but let's go back before uh, all of that because i want to know why on earth or when it was that you decided radio was something you wanted to get into oh well it goes back to high school i had a, a pirate radio station as many people who started out in radio did yeah um it was in my bedroom uh, it started out at a tenth of a watt which was the legal FCC limit at the time. And then uh, I hooked up with a, a friend of mine. His brother had a amateur radio transmitter that put out 100 watts. Whoa. And uh, I picked out a frequency, 1200, because that was a clear channel frequency. Mm -hmm. Had a crystal made for it. And then I had about 400 feet of copper wire strung up in trees. <laughs> and uh, my house was uh, about, um, was in northern New Jersey. And you could get the station at the George Washington Bridge, which was 15 miles away. Whoa. And uh, the FCC eventually showed up at my door. I was going to say, that does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, a guy's name was Dave Popkins. You remember the man's name oh, from I the do. FCC? Well, there's a reason. I, I almost killed the man. Oh, no. Uh, I let him in. I was very proud. I was, you know, that somebody would, uh, you know, be that interested in yeah. what we had going on. Yeah, what so are you, I, you're 15, 16 at oh, the yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think 16. I invited okay. him in and took him up to my bedroom. Well, <laughs> this old amateur radio transmitter, which I don't know, it was probably from the 40s or something, uh, the chassis was hot. Oh, boy. It, 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 it was electrically uh, mm. not isolated, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I had it sitting on a piece of plywood on top of a cast iron radiator. And uh, so this guy, Dave Popkins, the FCC guy, uh, is leaning on the, the – he's got his hand on the radiator leaning in 
towards this thing. And he takes out like a screwdriver, a pen or something. It was metal. And he touches the oh, transmitter no. as yeah. I'm about to tell him. You, and all of a sudden, bam! And oh, this guy no. flies across the oh, room, God. lands on my bed. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, I just killed a, a federal agent. I'm going to jail. Oh, my God. You know? And and uh, you know he kind of shook it off and and I said I'm I'm terribly sorry but that you know the, you can't touch <laughs> certain thing, two things at once and you'll get 110 <laughs> volts through your eyes and uh, anyway my father who I had convinced that this was all perfectly legal oh, yeah. uh, wound up getting a letter from the FCC to stop yeah. and desist. Oh my lord! Uh, what an auspicious start! Oh yeah, yeah. But that was my be- my my uh, early uh, beginnings in broadcasting. What, uh, what call letters did you choose? It was WASB. It stood Standing for, uh, for? Uh, American Standard Broadcasting. Oh boy, yes. you went fancy. And then later, um, I, I went back on as a uh, uh, pirate and uh, changed it to the voice of the Yellow Jelly Bean. That was uh... <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we obviously are talking the psychedelic sixties. Well, here. yeah, yeah, and you know they had, well, they had, they had uh, bands like Moby Grape and yeah, things like yeah. that. So I, I picked Voice of the Yellow Jelly Bean and. Uh, so that oh, was my first crazy. foray into broadcasting. Yeah. But I was, you know, growing up, radio in the in 50s and 60s when I was growing up, everybody had a favorite disc jockey. Oh, sure. These guys were your friends. Yep. You uh, could call them up and request or talk with them yeah, on the phone. You know, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it was like having a friend, an unseen friend. Yep. And, and that so attracted me to radio that it was such a great way to communicate with people. And, yeah. And uh, so I kind of got hooked. And one of my favorite guys was Dan Ingram. I mean, he oh, was. Oh, gosh. He, he, you know, the, he, the late Dan Ingram, unfortunately, yeah, but yeah. he he was on WABC in New York, and the guy was just uh, you could be in the you could be so depressed or in the worst mood, yeah. sad, and yeah. you turn him on, and in five minutes you were laughing Absolutely. and forgot what your cares were about, you know. Yep. Yep. And you know he would always call the Long Island Expressway the Long Island Distressway, <laughs> right. and it, just little things like that. But he was just very quick in the patter yep. and. Uh, uh, so he he was really probably a primary force in me saying, "Ah, this sounds like it'd be a fun kind there of thing go. to do." Yeah, we so. we all have them, uh, you know. And 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 if you've listened to any of the folks that previously slat, sat where you're sitting, yeah, um, in this area it was Boom Boom Brandigan. Oh yeah, he, he was just the you know the ultimate as far as we were concerned. You and know? I worked, and there were others, but but Boom Boom seemed to be the one that that got so many of us interested. Yeah, and later on, uh, I worked at WPTR, uh, did Saturday nights for a while, and people would say to me, do you know Boom Boom oh, Brannigan? Sure. And I would say, question. I know uh, Boom Boom Brannigan well enough to call him by his first boom. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this, so, this little radio station that I had, yeah, uh, yeah. We, we did some very innovative programming. We had a, a program called Sorry Wrong Number that we would pre-record. This is long before the Jerky Boys. <laughs> okay. And my friend, uh, would he knew the different neighborhoods in uh, Patterson, New Jersey, where he had come from, and we lived in Glenrock, which is about five or eight miles away, I guess. And we would call people up, and it would always be the A and B something, A and B Dirt Company. He would he called up a guy one time, and it was uh, this is the A and B Dirt Company. We have a truckload of dirt to deliver to your house, and the guy's like, I live in an apartment, and he's like. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 we have to deliver. No, no, maybe the rent man uh, uh, ordered the dirt. And, well, I got to bring the dirt over to you. And, uh, and, and you know, it was just funny, funny stuff. And, and, t- and, and now, what, did you have the suction cup on the, 
uh, on the phone? I How think are you we did. Yeah, the, the old the old uh, suction cup went on the phone yeah, to exactly. record it. Yeah, and, yeah I had uh, one of those. Yeah. And uh, and my buddy Floyd would do this, and he was really quick. And he would say, "I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to bring the dirt over, and we're going to we'll put it on the roof." And the guy's like, "I live on the third floor. How are you going to get to the roof?" And he goes, "Well, I'll throw in some free tomato plants. You'll have your own garden, you know." And the guy's like, "No, no, you know." And then he says, "I'll put the dirt out front. You let the kids play in the dirt, and little by little, it'll go away, you know." And uh, of course, he's using like Italian accents and oh, stuff sure, and all this. Sure, so I yeah. mean, but it was really so, funny stuff and. Another time he called a guy up, A&B uh, house wrecking company, we're coming over to wreck your house. And this poor guy is like, you know, buys right into it. Uh, why are you going to knock my house down? Yeah, yeah. If, so you're doing IMUS routines well oh, before IMUS was doing Even before them. IMUS was doing exactly, them, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh, and uh, somewhere there's still a cassette uh, of that that I can't find. Uh, uh, I think a friend of mine has a copy, but I, I, I need to dig it out because that stuff was, oh, <laughs> was it's pretty classic. Oh, I'd say, especially at your age. Yeah. So you've been doing this kind of craziness on the on the radio since before you were really on the radio. I yeah. Mean, you know, yeah, I mean, my legally, actual, I should say. My actual first real gig was at... I think 1968 at WBZA in Glens Falls. Sure, I know the calls. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hung around there and hung around, there and they finally uh, let me work on a weekend or something like that. Yep, sounds familiar. So uh, that was uh, that was very exciting to be on the radio. And sure, sure. And actually, they they had me doing Saturday and Sundays, and we lived in New Jersey. Although my family, uh, a lot of my family lived in Glens Falls, and every weekend my parents would drive me up to Glens Falls. Are you serious? So I could be on the radio. Now I thought it was cool that my mom and dad got me my whole first summer on the radio and I worked seven days a week my first summer on the radio yeah they would get me to and from work but it was only from East Glenville to Schenectady yeah and back the weekends your parents are driving you up and would, would they stay with the, the relatives yeah, or, yeah okay. we would and, stay with my grandmother's house yeah, or yeah. my aunt and uncle's house and so I lived my, most of my early life on the throughway. you know it was, uh, <laughs> sure sure um, so they believed in what you were trying to do as much as my folks did they they, yeah. they supported me 100% yeah they actually uh, and and we went to Glens Falls all the time anyway for all the holidays and everything so uh, that's why they had no problem doing it and then uh, uh, I guess they liked me enough that when summer came, they asked me if I wanted to uh, work there for the summer, okay. covering vacations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so you were still in school at the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this was, you know, between your junior senior year, or where where were you? You think? Uh, this well, this was high school, probably junior senior year. Yeah, okay, all right. And yeah, then that's... of course I got my driver's license and stuff and whatnot yeah. and kind of got on my own but uh yeah yeah so uh glens falls was glens falls was the beginning and we used to do some crazy stuff really oh in radio you could you know you could get away with all kinds of crazy stuff yeah Uh, and uh the one one of there was a guy some new guys bought the station and some of the old staff was still there okay and they were putting in playlists and they were putting in record rotation previously it was catch as catch yeah, can sort of thing. Whoever was on the air yeah. played whatever they wanted to play. And yeah, so exactly. Yeah. You know, within boundaries, but there, it, it, there weren't again, many. It sounds like KAJ in Saratoga when I was there. I got there and there was really no format. Yeah. The afternoon guy was big into you know Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald, and so that's what you heard. And then I'd come on and I'd play the Carpenters and Neil Diamond, and you know, yeah, that's. A, well, there was a guy who worked. I, I don't remember his name, but he would come in in a suit and tie. 
still. Okay. And and everybody else is wearing shorts and jeans and T-shirts. Free and, T-shirts from the record And company. he was doing, I think, the afternoon shift. And there was a contest. You had to guess, I think, how many S&H green stamps oh, were in the jackpot. Yeah, yeah. And there was a winner. There were two tape cartridges. One was labeled winner and one was labeled loser, you know. And depending on whether they guessed the right amount of green stamps, you would play winner or loser. So we decided to switch the labels. Oh, jeez. So this guy gets on the air, and there's no delay. The station did not have the money for a delay, so it's so live it's, on the it's air. It's live, live, yeah. And he gets this woman on the air, and he goes, you know, uh, how many SNH green stamps this hour? And she throws out a number and he goes oh i'm terribly sorry and he hits the loser cartridge and it's now the winner it goes winner winner and he's going no 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 you didn't the woman's yelling oh i never won anything in my life he's going no you didn't win you didn't win here listen he hits it again winner winner and he gets in an argument with her on the air that she's lost and she's thinking she won and and finally right over the air she just goes well that's a hell of a thing and hangs up the phone on the guy and of course he's panicked because uh you know swear word got out of there exactly and exactly. Uh, he left shortly after that and i think he's still uh, at four wins in therapy uh, as i recall so I, well see this is the stuff you could get away with back then oh yeah that, that uh, you don't hear any of anymore you know you don't you don't hear a newsman breaking up because somebody set the copy on fire oh. on him while he's reading it or any of that stuff anymore another time at bza they uh, jim scott did the news i remember jim and jim would record the seven o'clock news and do the 6 o'clock news live, but he would have the 7 o'clock news recorded because he would leave after the 6 o'clock news. Mm-hmm. And the uh, uh, what they did was they told him that the cough button, if you, if you had to clear your throat, there was a button shut off the microphone that you could control. They told him the cough button wasn't working. And what they did was at 6 o'clock, they put on the recorded newscast, but piped into his headphones his voice thinking he's on the air. And then uh, oh, no. the sales manager and the chief engineer met up with each other behind him in the newsroom where he's on the air yeah. and got into an argument. And they're, you know... <laughs> and they're all, they're, all you know, sorts of word, oh, four-letter you, words. Oh, U-S-O-B. And, yeah, right, right. This, rah, 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 rah. and, of course, he's, you know, waving yeah. his hands and trying to get yeah. their attention, thinking he's on the air. And these guys are having this massive argument behind him with every, uh, you know, language you wouldn't even hear from a yeah, sailor. exactly. And, of course... What's on the air is his taped newscast, but he mm-hmm. had no idea. He thought he's on the air, and there's a sure. you know, World War Three's going on sure. behind him. So, but that's the kind of stuff we used to do. Just crazy stuff. Yeah. Have yeah. a lot of fun, you know. Now, I, I talk about a couple of those things that uh, Walt Fritz used to pull on me when I first yeah. joined uh, SNY, and uh, you know, same sort of stuff. He he turned the mic on. He saw me coming in the door, so he turns the mic on, but puts it in audition. Uh-huh. and pretends he's on the air and starts using four-letter words. That was the blankety-blank BGs or whatever, you know. And I'm standing there, you know, 16 and a half years old. I'm standing there going, oh, my God, what's going on, you know? And and, and he just you know turns it back off and starts laughing. Well, know? being a small station, you know, the, the morning news, I was a news director, but the morning news was done by the general manager who had been a news guy. Oh, okay. So he would come in and do the 6 to 9, and then I would come in and do the rest of the day from 9 to 6. And I would leave him news stories. Okay. Well, there used to be a product, I don't know if it's still around, called Allarest. I, I remember it. And yeah. it was yep. like for colds or hay sure. fever or something. Yep. And the commercial had a sneeze in it. So what I did was I edited together about 20 sneezes in a row. And <laughs> he wouldn't listen to this, this stuff ahead of time. He'd just go on the air at 6 o'clock. And I said, you know, 
you know, uh, researchers at Glens Falls Hospital believe they found a cure for the common cold. The WBZA News spoke to Dr. You know, Joe Schmo, and he told us, and he hits the cartridge, and all you hear is, and it goes on and on and on. And uh, I walk in the station around 9 o'clock, and this tape cartridge comes flying down the hall. Oh, almost hit me in the head. He, he, was, he was not pleased. No, no. <laughs> but I listened but he to must it. have had some sense of humor. Oh, I listened to it on the air. It was the funniest thing oh, I ever heard in my God, life. You that's know? too so. much. No, the stuff we could get away with back then. And, and, and the audience had no clue what was, what, what was going on. They just knew it was funny. And that, yeah. Yeah, if, if you guys are laughing, you know, they're, they're laughing. Oh, yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, uh, some of it was obvious. Some of it wasn't. Yeah. But we had a lot of fun. So from BZA, did you make your way down to uh, the Capital District? Well, let's see. Yes, I guess I did. I, uh, I wound up getting a, a job at WOKO. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, doing news. Right. And uh, I was working the um, afternoon. Uh, well, I, I worked at BZA like three times. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so after college, I wound up there full time. But in the meantime, I had worked at WGNY in Newburgh. And oh, wow. I, I was working there weekends and summers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the guys who bought WBZA had worked at GNY. So one of them stopped in one day and uh, he said, hey, you know, we need a news director. Uh, and I was jockeying. I was a jock at the time. And uh, I was kind of tired of playing the same, you know, 25, 30 records over and over again. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, would you be interested? And I said, yeah, you know. And so I went up. My grandmother had a, a house with some apartments in it, so I was able to get an apartment with her. And so I wound up at Glens Falls. And then uh, the afternoon news drive opened up in uh, WOKO. And mm-hmm. we used to trade news stories. They would give me yes. stuff from well, the Capitol. that's how I knew Jim Scott. That's how I knew yeah. him, you know, yep. from WHAZ, which was connected to, you know, WGNA. Right. I was in the news department, so Jim would do stories for us from the North Country, and I would give him stuff from the Capitol. Exactly, yeah. and I had this whole network of people yeah. set up. We called so. them stringers at the time. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I would get stories out of the Capitol from OKO, and sure. uh, I would feed them stuff going on, uh, you know, in Saratoga, Warren County, that, in right. that area. Right. So uh, when they uh, had an opening for a news guy uh i went down and uh eventually wound up becoming news director of oko there you go and uh, i can remember uh one i don't know if you remember there was a guy named red sovine he had a oh, song i do he had a song called teddy, teddy bear. bear yeah and it became the number one country hit yep and it was about this uh, paralyzed kid who uh, all his father being killed in a truck wreck, and the only thing mm-hmm. left was the CB radio. And Teddy Bear would sit in his bedroom and talk to all the truckers. Yeah. And then at the end of the song, the truckers all show up and take Teddy Bear for a mm-hmm. ride in their trucks. Yeah. And if the song was number one, they would play it twice an hour. <laughs> yes. On OKO, <laughs> and I, I I'm in the newsroom, and I would just by. And the song just stayed at number one forever. Exactly, yeah. And by about the 12th week, I'm like, I just want to put a luger in my mouth and end it, you know? And finally, the song falls off the charts, and I yeah. go, thank God that's over, you know? It was, yeah. it was such a depressing It, it was. Teddy yeah, Bear's yeah. last ride. Yeah, yeah. And about a week goes by, and all of a sudden, I hear this song come on, and it's some woman, I don't know who sang it, but it was Teddy Bear's Last Ride. Yes, yes. And yes. that went to, like, number one. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> kill me now, you know? So, uh, Remember it well. Remember it well. Well, it's interesting that you were doing news, and yet your um, uh, you know, the stuff you did with Joe, 
um, was just so off the wall and 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 you know crazy you know drop things you know things that you would drop in and voices that you would do and and all that stuff. Did you guys just hit it off immediately? I think so. I you know Joe was doing the evening show. He was doing uh, seven to midnight. Yes, I was I, opposite him when I first came to uh, when I came back to GNA after being a news director. I went away for a year, came back and did evenings, and I was opposite Joe. Yeah, I couldn't listen to him, but people told me, you know, who you're up against, you yeah. know, because he was very popular doing the country. Oh, stuff. I yeah. mean, uh, and and. Uh, be honest with you, I really wasn't into country music that much. Same here. But I worked at the station, so I was listening to it, and I'm listening to Joe, and he's just cracking me up. He's yeah. hysterical. Oh, he's he's so one of the good. funniest guys I've ever heard. Yeah. And so when Cheerful Charlie left, uh, <laughs> he was the morning guy. Yep. They put Joe on mornings, and I was on uh, moved to morning news, and so we just started doing stuff sure. together. Sure. And because uh, I was still frustrated, uh, jock, you know. I mean, I enjoyed news because it was different every day. I wasn't playing yeah. the same forty records, but mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, I missed that. Creative, creative side of being, uh, you know, an error personality. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, uh, so the, the, this was an outlet for you. Yeah. You know, so you we just started. You know, up with them. Hey, yeah. let's do this, or let's do that, or how about I do this, or I do that, and uh, uh, we just started doing stupid bits on the air, you know, and having some fun with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, Joe, here's the commercial for our show okay. in the morning here on WOKO. This part is the part here where we tell the people that we're on from 5.30 to 9 every morning and stuff. You did a good so, job with it. Yeah, good yeah. job. So if you're all set, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll do it go. and we'll record it so they can put it on the air. Okay, good. Hi, I'm Brian Jackson. I, oh, no, wait a minute. This is one thing I don't like about that. What's that? <clears throat> I'll start off by saying, hi, I'm Joe Gallagher. No, no, Joe, that's not the way I wrote it. You see, this is a team, team I know, show. We're, we're a team. It's a team. Hi, I'm Joe Gallagher. No, that's not the way I wrote it. I, I, do it my way. Jackson. I think I got to do it my way. Listen, we're always doing things your way. Let's do things my way for once. Now, this is a team, and let's get this team together. Okay, it goes first. It's no big right. deal. Hi, I'm, Hi, I'm Joe Gallagher. Listen, pal. Now, look. Half the time, you don't even show up on time at 5.30 to go on the air. That should just be the Brian Jackson look, show. I was on time twice this week, and yeah, don't throw that I in know. my face. Yeah, sure. Listen, I'm this just This is a small thing to argue about. Listen, all right? Hey, you want to do it your yeah, way? Yeah, I'll do, do it my way. Well, I'm not going to do it at all. Where are you going? Goodbye. We're a team. Yeah, great uh, stuff. And it was a lot of fun. We just uh, we just really enjoyed it, and we seem to get pretty good feedback um, from folks. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, ratings wise, you were doing you know just fine. I can tell you that because again, I was competing yeah. with you, and it took me quite a long time. Um, in fact, I was not any longer on in the evenings. I went to mornings uh, around the same time you and Joe did. You know, started you know teaming up. And a long time before, uh, you know, GNA as an FM powerhouse could, uh, you know, surpass you guys. Yeah, it seemed like Albany adopted FM radio later than a lot of other I markets. So. AM stations seem to uh, remain dominant here yep. long after a lot of markets like New York and yeah. Chicago, the audience had shifted over to FM. You look at WTRY. I was there part-time from 88 to 92, and we were 980 AM, and yeah. we were still in the top five, you yeah. know, five, five or six stations. Yeah. And OKO so. was always like third or fourth. I mean, you know, yep. GY was always the perennial number one, exactly. but they had the yeah. big signal. Yep. And they also, you know, as I say, uh, country music is kind of more of a niche. Yep. Uh, it has a good size audience, but... Um, you know, we only had 5,000 watts and GY had uh, 50,000. So that was part of the, part of the difference as well. We, we were just outpowered in many respects. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I left, uh, OKO to go to channel 13. Yes. And, uh, 
about that time, but shortly after that, then you started to see the erosion of AM audiences yeah. to FM. Yeah. Uh, now, did you work with um, uh, Paul uh, Conti over there? At, uh, I worked at Paul. Paul call, called me up one day. Uh, I think he was the assistant news director, and yeah. he says, are you ready to come to TV? To TV, yeah. yeah. And I said, yeah, okay, yeah. you know. And uh, it was a lot of money. It was like twice what I was making in radio. Sure, sure. And uh, so I went over and started uh, covering the state capitol for Channel 13. There you go. Well, Paul was our news director at uh, GNA, at GNA before yeah. he went to 13. Yep. And I remember talking with him a few months later, and, and I said, so, yeah, how you liking it? He goes... Well, not only am I getting paid more, but there's more of a budget here than you ever thought you had in the news department on radio. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so he was very uh, – he, he was there a long time. Of course, the first time I went there, the call letters were WAST, which yes. uh, was so fitting. Uh, we were third in the market, and it was waste television. <laughs> you know, I was like, why didn't they do you call it like – SAT, Schenectady, yeah, Albany, right. Troy, but they had Albany, Schenectady, Troy, and it came right. out waste, yeah. you know, and we were a perennial third. And again – we were able to do some, you know, stuff mm-hmm. you can't get away with uh, yeah. in corporate world these days. You right, know? right. Uh, well, back then you were also network-wise. You were with um, a- ABC. At well, the- it was Network of the Week. Uh, <laughs> we were ABC when I got there, when you, uh, yeah. and then ABC had a, had a big ratings jump uh, yeah. with a lot of the sitcoms. Right, and they went to Channel Ten, 10 right? which was CBS. Right, and they swapped. So uh, uh, Channel 13 wound up becoming CBS. For not all that long. No. And then uh, uh, CBS uh, started having some good ratings and went over to Channel 6, which had been an NBC station forever. And 13 wound up picking up. uh, There you go. uh, NBC. The current lineup we have, yeah. And yeah. then they ran out of stations and networks, and they were like, oh, you know, I guess we'll just stay NBC. There you go. Uh, but, oh, my God, we used to have, we used to have a lot of fun. Yeah, so just, what, what was the newsroom you know, like back in the you – know, we're now talking the mid, uh, uh, mid-'80s, probably, you were you're there? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. uh, yeah. first time I was there was like uh, 1978, 79, okay. until August of '80. Okay. Uh, and then I went back. I, I built an FM station in Albany, 96.3. Yes, I remember. Ran that for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you another story very quickly about that in a second. But uh, uh, so, so I you, sold you, that so and then went back to okay. 13. Okay. Actually, I went over to drop a news release off. I was working for a guy who was running for governor, Jim LaRocca. Mm-hmm. And I dropped a news release off over at 13, and I wanted to stop in and say hi to Benita and everybody that was still there that I knew. Yeah. And Paul goes, what are you doing? And I said, well, I just sold the station, and I'm just kind of, you know, helping out Jim with uh, his run for governor. I don't think he's got much of a shot because, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, he's just not having much luck raising money. Uh, he goes, well, uh, I'm in a bind. And I said, well, what's the bind? And he goes, well, everybody's out with the flu and I got vacations and I'm really short. Would you consider coming over and filling in for a couple of months? Wow. And I said, yeah, I guess so. Uh, and he goes, can you, can you start tomorrow? <laughs> Literally, can you start tomorrow? I said, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. I'll come in tomorrow. Yeah. So I kind of got back into it and enjoyed it. And, uh, the the two months wound up becoming two years. There you go. There uh, you go. But I had a lot of fun there. Enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, so let's get back to what made you think you could run uh, own and run your own radio station. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, it was funny. There was actually an ad in the Times Union that I happened to see, 
it was a little tiny classified ad, and it said, you know, FM radio frequency available. Hmm. And uh, I said, you know, what's this all about? So I contacted the guy. I was an attorney in Washington, a communications attorney, and he had identified a open frequency in the Albany market, and he ran this little ad, and I called him. And the next thing I know, we're filing for the frequency. Wow. We had uh, seven competitors, mm-hmm. uh, including uh, uh, WAMC wanted to uh-huh. take the frequency as well. Sure. Uh, and I went through the hearings with the FCC, and I did a lot of the actually I did a lot of the legal work myself to try to well, hold down the costs. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I wrote a bunch of the briefs and stuff that we had to file. And my attorney at the time said, "Have you ever thought about being? Were you ever a lawyer? Did you ever think about it?" I said, "No, I just kind of enjoy you know <laughs> the legal side of it." Yeah. But actually, won out over the seven applicants and got the license. Wow. And, good for uh, you. Put the station on the air and. Uh, Hmm. So we tried to run kind of a, a full-service FM radio station. Uh, I remember it. I, I listened. And we had personalities. and uh, You got Joe over there for a while. Joe came over and did mornings for a while with me. And my, yeah. my whole thing with Joe was to... I would do whatever I could to crack him up. <laughs> I would walk, you know, he was, we weren't doing a, a team show because uh, I think I was doing afternoon drive or something, even though I owned the station. But I would come in and I would say... Uh, uh, Mr. Gallagher, I said, uh, you know, I, I would come in until I was the uh, film critic, and uh, we would just wing it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, I said, yes, I went to see the new film and whatever the film was, you know, uh, Ladies of the Night or something, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and Joe would just start laughing because I'm doing this voice, you yeah, know. Right. And I would say, I, I really, I just, uh, you know, he'd go, well, how was the film? I don't know. A woman sat down with a big bouffant hairdo right in front of me, and I couldn't see a damn thing. And he would just fall off the chair, you know. Fuming drivers, bumper to bumper traffic, overheated engines, toll booth every quarter mile, all happening this Sunday. Sunday on the Garden State Parkway, a great traffic jam starting at 2 p.m. See Big Daddy Bob McGraw with his two car sick kids hitching up the parkway in his three out of eight cylinder country squire. See State Trooper Larry Daly rear end a pedal truck. See a Puerto Rican family changing tires in the fast lane. See Sister Mary McDonagall back up 80 yards to the exit ramp. All happening this Sunday. Sunday. Sunday on the Garden State Parkway, a great traffic jam starting at 2 p.m. south of exit 145. Take Route 1 east to Route 2 south, then Route 3 north, Route 4 west. Back up two routes to the Garden State Parkway. Park your car in the middle lane and start a traffic jam of your own. Sunday! Sunday! Sunday on the Garden State Parkway. Be there! So we would just do stupid stuff like that, you well, know. But, did you but, pick up where you left off? Oh, okay? yeah. I mean, my, oh, yeah. Whole, yeah. my whole, uh, what would make my day is if I could get Joe to crack up now, and, did, and just did lose you, it. Did you have a regular shift at the, at the time? Yeah, I was doing the afternoon show oh, at okay. that time. Okay, all right. Yeah. And, uh, the owner and general manager, and oh, were you yeah. the, also the sales manager? Or did you I, have well, a I did have a guy. sales manager. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you and, know, and it was... I think early 90s was still kind of a... Didn't we hit a recession or something? Uh, we did, shortly after I changed jobs. Yes, yeah, uh, we were, early so, 90s. So, yeah. you know, yeah. advertising was tough to come by. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I would ask the sales manager, uh, you know, how are things out there? And he goes, he goes, well, the people that don't even pay the bills aren't buying advertising. <laughs> and I said, oh, I see. And I remember a guy named Larry Delarose. This is when I worked at WGNY. Larry was a, a kind of a very dry humor and he was a sales guy at the station and he was having a 
particularly bad dry run of advertising. Uh, no, yeah. Nobody was buying anything. And then he would have to go out and try to collect the money for the oh, ads that had run. Oh, yeah. And I remember one day he came in and I said, how's it going, Larry? He goes, because the next business I go into is going to have a cash register right by the door. <laughs> That's the only time. The only time I did sales. That's the part that bothered me the most. Yeah, because I had been on the air and I had been produced commercials, so I could I could sell based on that. I said, well, I can see. You know, I, I'd stand there and sell the person on an idea about how to advertise, and and so I did. My sales were great. Then I had to go out and collect. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. awful. I only did it for about six months, and I said, there's just no way I'll ever try this again. Yeah, it was yeah. a real struggle. I mean. You know, the, the creative side of radio, when I owned the station, uh, was was fun. Oh, had to be. Had but to be. trying to meet payroll oh, God. every two weeks was so, like, So oh. who was who expecting this payroll? Tell us some other names of folks that came through your uh, your doors there that you remember. Oh, let's see. Uh, Joe worked there. Um, oof, gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, you, had, you had some news people, too, didn't you? you yeah. a little Chris, bit of a news department? Uh, Chris Benoit. Uh, was the I'm, news director. I remember Chris, okay. Um, and <laughs> I remember one time, uh, Chris was kind of a newbie, and uh, but he, but his heart was in the right place. He was a hard worker, and uh, he said uh, he was doing a thing about Passover, and he said, and I was on the air, uh, I was, it was afternoon drive, and he goes, uh, you know, uh, Jews all over the world are uh, celebrating Passover with a cedar oh. <laughs> instead of Seder. Yeah, yeah. And so when he got done with the news, I said, you know, some of them celebrated with mahogany. <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> As opposed to cedar, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> so I used to give him a hard time now and again. Yeah. But no. Uh, no, it was a fun station to listen to. And I was working, I was out of the business full-time uh, by this time, just doing part-time work. And I was right down the street from you in corporate circle. Oh, yeah. And okay. so I, I, I remember coming once, and it may have been while Joe was on the air there. I don't know. I do remember getting a quick tour one day because yeah. I was right down the street. Yeah. yeah. It was it was fun. I mean, uh, you know, I wish I could have, uh, uh, you know, sustained it financially, but yeah. it, was just, yeah. it was just a struggle. And the other problem was... The FCC at one time, as you know, had ownership caps. Yes. Uh, one owner could own, I think, five AMs and five FMs and mm-hmm. five TVs. Right. And then they expanded it to seven, and then they pretty much lifted the caps. So yeah. what you wound up happening was uh, you had all these individual single owner stations, uh, my station being one of them. Uh, Bob Hill had WHRL. Right. Um, another guy had 104.5. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there was another one on 94.5. They were all relatively new stations, but they were all single owner stations. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, the clear channels of the world started coming in and buying seven or eight stations. Yeah. yeah. And it was just tough to compete. You go out and sure. say, uh, you know, hey, you know, we're going to make you this great deal. Well, this guy says if I buy, you know, two of his stations, he'll give me five free. You know, mm, yeah, right. And it was just, it was just, it was a hard road to hoe. Yeah. And we did try to see if we could team up the individual operators and form kind of a conglomerate hmm. of all the stations. The trouble was, you know, uh, you know, it was everybody. Nobody wanted to lose control of their sure. individual station. Sure. I guess you know. Yeah, makes sense. So it never really kind of came together. But I said maybe we at least could, you know, do sales together or something. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I did pursue that to try to keep it going because I said you know we're either gonna 
circle the wagons or, you know, we're going to get nailed here because yeah. these big conglomerates are coming in just yeah. buying everything up. Right. Now, and, did you make a profit when, when you sold? Um, I think, uh, ooh, August 5th, 1997, we, we made a profit that day. <laughs> Uh, and that was about it, I think. <laughs> okay. But I always had a plan B. I knew the station was worth something. Mm-hmm. So I knew that uh, even if it came to the point where I had to divest of it, uh, just because it was not financially viable, um, I knew that it, I probably could get you know what I paid for it and, and yeah. then some. Yeah, I thought. And so... Uh, yeah. You know, we sold it to uh, to Albany Broadcasting. Uh, it wasn't a home run, but it was a stand-up double. Yeah, good, uh, good. <laughs> You know, so everybody, and we had a few investors that had come in. Uh, so we did okay. You know, good, good we for did you. Okay. And, yeah. You know, would I do it again? Um, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have better drugs now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to kind of help you deal with the stress. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you talk to anybody that was in the radio business in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and they'll tell you that their dream, you know, now that they're 70 themselves, you know, in age, is, uh, oh, let's let's get together with some friends and buy a station. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. And, 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 and do what we want to do with it, you know, because we just, it's in our blood. We'd still want to do it, even though the business has changed so much. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the pro- and there's a couple of problems. One, of course, is the huge consolidation of media by the big players. The other thing is, too, all of the mom-and-pop advertisers, a lot of them have just been run out of business that's by true. Walmart and well, Target and Amazon. Oh, yeah. You're right. I mean, you used to be able to go to, you know, uh, you know, Kathy's gift shop. Exactly. And for Mother's Day, she'd spend 100 bucks with you. Yeah. Or you could go to Bob's Hardware Store. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you'd say, hey, you know, uh, the spring is here. People are going to start renovating their house. Oh, mm. yeah, I'll buy the $500 package. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, of yeah. course, you know, there were car dealers. You have some car dealers that were always uh, – sure. Uh, probably the more uh, steady customers. Right. But, you know, now, you know, uh, Bob's Hardware has gotten blown out by Home Depot. And exactly. Kathy's Gift Shop has been blown out by, uh, you know, Target or Walmart or whatever, exactly. or Amazon. Yeah. So, you changed. know, all of those small advertisers, well, look at iHeartMedia. They own, what, 7,000 stations or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're struggling because yeah, yeah. they, too, are finding that uh, the ad dollars um, – you know, that used to be there. It's a real struggle to go find them. Sure, you know? sure. So you you, uh, you take up uh, Paul on his offer to uh, go back to uh, TV news, and you, you were there for a couple of years. What did you do for him there? Uh, basically covered the state capitol. Okay. Uh, it was the state capitol bureau chief. And I also, uh, when I worked at WOKO, I was picking up more money uh, covering the state capitol for like NBC, for other stations, yep, yep, and WNBC in New York and right. WOR in New York, than I was making on my regular gig. In fact, NBC at one time had the News and Information Network, yeah, and they would call me up and go, "We need seven stories." I go, "Okay, on what? We we don't care. Just give us seven stories or to fill in news twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. So I would go out and find seven stories. Uh, if it ran on just WNBC in New York, they paid me fifty bucks, and I think if it ran on the network, I got seventy-five or a hundred. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and I was getting checks like every other day from NBC. Nice for more money than I was making as news director at WOKO. There I you mean, go. I was like, wow, yeah. this yeah. is this is sweet. You know, not and bad. Then they got rid of the uh, news and information network because uh, 
just, I guess, wasn't financially viable. Right. And uh, the news director left WNBC and he went to WOR and he called me and he goes, you know, will, will you come over to WOR? And so he was paying me a flat retainer every month. Uh, but I, you know, I, I would always, always, uh, you know, as soon as the story broke, uh, mm-hmm. have it down to them. So they knew that if something was happening in Albany, I, cool. I was on it. So. Yeah, nice. And I was doing morning news at OKO, so I'd get off at noon, and that's about the time state legislators, uh, you know, uh, wake up and <laughs> crawl into the Capitol from their <laughs> right. all-night bender right. at the old ambassador, <laughs> uh, the bar that was across the street, and start, you know, legislating. Uh, so it was very interesting. I enjoyed it, but uh, oh, sounds like it. Yeah. And then I had WEBR in Buffalo too. I covered the Capitol for them. Cool. So uh, you know, I always had two or three stations that were, you know, interested in what was going on in in state government and yeah, uh, yeah. which you eventually went into, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I uh, now I, was that the segue out yeah. of uh, out of Channel 13 news to. I was at Channel 13, and uh, Jim LaRocca was the state energy commissioner. Okay. And, uh, you know, I had met him a few times. He liked me. He was watching me on Channel 13. And uh, he had an intermediary that I knew contact me and go, Jim wants to know if you want to come over and do his public relations. And I said, because I really enjoyed broadcasting. Sure. And I was having fun. Yeah. And uh, he he must have called me three or four times and finally goes, you know, Jim really wants you, and I, I and, he, and he's going to pay you this, and it was twice what I was making at Channel Thirteen. Oh, there you go. And I was like, oh man, you <laughs> I know, can you say he, no? And then he, so I went over and met with uh, Jim Rock, and he goes, you know, come over and try it. If you don't like it, you know, yeah. feel free to go back to TV or whatever you want to do. But I, I'd really like you. Ever, I think you know, you, you know, all the local media guys. I, I think you'd do well in it. And uh, so I, I did. I took the job. It was a big transition for me because oh, in sure. news, at the end of the day, you had all these neat little packages. You know, yep. you, you'd done seven newscasts or you'd done two TV stories. Right. And you were done, and the next day was kind of a clean slate unless you were working on a series or something. Right. Uh, but in PR, it was like you write a news release, and then it had to go to this guy to be cleared, and then he'd mark it up and then send it back to you, and then you'd have to send it to another guy. And mm-hmm. So, the, you know, the process really threw me. I was kind of like, oh, what am I doing, you know? And, yeah. and so it, it took me a while to get acclimated to doing PR because radio and TV had deadline yes. all the time, and yep. you were hitting it, and uh, yeah. you always had the challenge of the deadline and getting mm-hmm. the story. And, of course, the, the you know, being in competition with the other stations sure. um, and getting the story first and so forth. So it was, it was fun. And speaking of competition, we used to do the uh, school closings, hmm. And uh, at WOKO, of course, long before all the computerized stuff and everything, the the schools would call you and they had their code and they'd say, you know, this is East Greenbush, (laughs) uh, code 9234, you check. So, you know, and uh, I was certain, I don't remember what other station it was, but I was certain that they were stealing our school closings. And I was like, I'm, I'm. Almost sure they're stealing our school closings, and you know, it was here. I'm doing all this work, and they're just copying yeah. my stuff off the air. Yeah. So one day I'm doing the school closings, and I threw one in. I threw in the Leo Gorsi Memorial High School <laughs> is closed today, and about 
five or ten minutes later on the other station, I hear, yep. and the Leo Gorsi Memorial High School is closed mm-hmm. today. I was well, like, yeah, okay. confirms right. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, said, oh, I said, my suspicions are confirmed, you know. so And then you know, and Joe and I would do stupid stuff. I would go, you know, the Voorheesville School for the Deaf is closed today. Let me repeat that. The Voorheesville School <laughs> for the Deaf is closed today. You know. And then, bad. <laughs> just bad it's stuff. Terrible. Stuff you couldn't get away with today, you can't probably. Do it today. No, no. So not, was, not PC. But <laughs> we did a lot of stuff that wasn't PC, I yeah. think. Oh god. So, so you worked in the uh, energy office for a while for this yeah. gentleman? Yeah, yeah, did energy. Yeah. Um and then uh was uh called up and asked if I would come over and work in the governor's office yeah. as press officer to the governor. Cool. Which uh, I thought would be uh, wow, this this would be great. Uh, tell us the governor at the time. It was Mario Cuomo. Okay. Not the Prince of Darkness's son. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it was Mario. And uh, he was, uh, I liked him. He was a, a you know decent guy. He had like his quirks like everybody else. But uh, we would uh, take turns going on trips with him. Uh, okay. If he was going like to the state fair or something, you know. Sure. And if you got the short straw, you had to go with him in the plane contained in this tube. And on the way to wherever you were going was fine because he'd be looking at all his briefing papers and stuff. Sure. So and, he's, he's busy and yeah, he's, he's got busy. other things on his Then mind. on the yeah. way back, it was like, who's fair game? He would oh, just, no. he would just you know, go after people. I, in fact, sometimes we'd have the press with us on the plane and he would get on some reporter's case about a story he had written. Uh-oh. And I would have the reporter come up to me and go, uh, can I just get off the plane? And I go, well, we're... <laughs> Thirty thousand feet. We're sixteen thousand feet over Utica. He goes, I don't care. Just open the door and let me out. You know? So what I found out was Mario Cuomo was like a, a heroin addict when it came to cashews. Okay. This man just cashews was his weakness. Okay. So there's a place in the uh, Empire State Plaza, the South Mall. It was it was called the Nut House, mm-hmm. and they sold a. Every kind of nut you can think I thought, of. I thought that was the legislature. But well, no, that that, yeah. that was that was a subsidiary. Oh, okay. Uh, so I would go to the nut house. I would get two pounds of cashews and I put them in my briefcase. So as soon as we got back on the plane to come back to Albany, I would open my briefcase and go, "Hey, Governor, I got some cashews. You want some?" Oh, and he'd I'd hand him out pound of cashews, and then he would say to Marty Burke, who was his uh, bodyguard for the state police, he'd go, Marty, I, I think there might be a cold beer or two up in the refrigerator, <laughs> and we'd start talking about baseball. All right. And the trip back would be great. Exactly, you know? yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it got to the point where if I had the trip on the plane, Marty would pull me aside and he'd go, do you have the cashews? I go, two pounds, Marty. Oh, good, thank God, you know. So, so, so I would, you know, like I say, I would feed him cashews and keep him calmed down all the That's way back. too much. Yeah. That's great. So. And, and yeah, at one point they were talking, he was talking about a baseball commissioner. Oh, yeah. Mario was. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know. He was really into the, the baseball. And the other thing is you'd sit in the press office and uh, if he called the press office, there was a, uh, multi-line phone and there was a one one of the lines was red okay yep and it had this bell that would go off mm-hmm. and it would be him and you were yeah. supposed to answer it on the first ring that was oh, of course. Know, as soon as that the you answer that yeah and uh so <laughs> i always wanted to do this i never did it but i wanted to do it the bell would go off and i wanted to just pick it up and go who is it you know? <laughs> but 
I decided didn't, that wouldn't work. But I didn't, Dara. But didn't people, dare. you know, the, one of the nicest compliments I got from somebody in the press corps one time was that they called me Mario Cuomo's sense of humor. <laughs> I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. That that means a lot to yeah. me. You know? and, and I would imagine you need one when you're working in, in government, that, that high oh, in government anyway. It was, yeah, it was yeah. 24-7. Exactly. I yeah. mean, it just didn't end. And uh, yep. especially during the budget, uh, you know, you basically live there. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, I finally decided I was there for about a year, and uh, I had a, a newborn son, and uh, we were going through budget season, and I was working probably 18 hours a day, 20 hours a day. Mm. I go home, take a shower, get an hour's sleep, and go back. And uh, finally, the budget got passed, and I'm sitting at the... Uh, dining room table or the kitchen table on a Saturday morning, having a cup of coffee. And my son walks into the kitchen and I go, when did he start walking? Oh, and my wife goes about two weeks ago. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I realized, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. as much as it was, I guess, prestigious to be, you know, press officer of the governor. Yeah. Uh, it was really cutting into my exactly. uh, family. In fact, if you remember Mario Cuomo used to have a thing he called family of New York. Hmm. Uh, and he would always talk about the family of New York. Mm-hmm. But I uh, shortened that to an acronym, phony, which meant it was as long as it didn't involve your family. Your family, you know? exactly. So, uh, yeah. so I, I uh, at some point approached them and said, you know, uh, uh, I'd like to go back to agency land if I could, where life was a little more, a uh, sure. little more uh, normal. But, yeah. uh, but it was interesting. It, it was uh, just a. Uh, you know, to see government working up close. Sure, sure. Which is scary. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one, one thing that I learned, too, when I was a reporter at the Capitol in, in radio, you know, we would have access to the majority leader in the Senate and the assembly speaker. They would have us come in and tell us what was going on and where they were with negotiations on this, that, and the other thing. Sure. And then you'd go down and interview the governor, and he'd tell you where— he was in the negotiations. And then you would have rank-and-file legislators. I remember Neil Kelleher, who was the assemblyman from Rensselaer County, mm-hmm. coming up to me going, what are you here? What are we doing? What's going on? Really? What are they telling you? Yeah. yeah so you knew more as, yeah, as the press yeah, than, than they yeah, did. Yeah. We had more inside information yeah. than they did. You well, know? that was always the criticism of the budget process in New York State yeah, back in those days. Yeah, it was three men in a room. Three guys in a room doing yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah. the governor, the assembly speaker, yeah. and the majority leader exactly. of the Senate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, uh, jeez. It was uh, it was a very eye opening experience. Sure. I really enjoyed it. You know? So where'd you go after that? Where'd I go after that? Uh, oh boy, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, I went back to Channel 13 for a while. Did you? Okay. Um, after I sold the radio station, I'll tell you a very funny story very quickly. And to this day, he doesn't know it, and I probably shouldn't. You've heard the term <laughs> fake news. <laughs> uh, yeah, somewhere. Okay. Well, one night uh, I had covered a murder arraignment at Colony Town Court. And Eric Hoppel was the producer of the 11 o'clock news. Uh, and about 9.30, Eric comes to me and says, now the arraignment was at 6 o'clock. It was over by about quarter after 6 because they kicked it up to county court. And uh, they shut off the lights, locked the door, and everybody went home. And I interviewed the attorney and the prosecutor and stuff. So back to the station, put my story together, and at 9.30, Eric comes to me and he goes, uh, we're going to have you go back to Colony Town Court. I said, why? 
it's closed. It's dark. There's nothing there. Mm. Oh, no, no. Well, we have to be live and local. We're sending you back over with the remote truck. And I said, but Eric, you're not going to see anything. It's dark. Even yeah. the parking lot's not lit up. It's yeah. dark. Yeah. It's closed. It's, I'm going to be standing <laughs> in the dark. Why can't I just do it out of the newsroom or on set? No, no, no. Got to be live local at County Town Court. Well, you have to pay for that expensive equipment yeah. that they've so been the, buying. So, yeah. the, the, so it, <laughs> I'm, you know, ticked off about it. The truck operator who's got to drive all the way out to county and set everything up is not happy. The photographer who's got to go out and shoot the thing, he wants to go home. Sure. And uh, we're all going to be stuck out in Colony. <laughs> so we all pile in the truck, and we're pulling out onto North Pearl Street, where the station's located, or South Pearl Street, North Pearl Street. And... Uh, I said, hey, guys, you know what? And they said, what? I said, you know, right at the end of North Pearl Street, here's a little... Dark parking lot? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> a little uh, business complex down there. And the parking lot there is just as dark as it is in Colony. <laughs> and they said, good, yes, right. So we went down and we set up two blocks down the street at the parking lot. <laughs> went on the air at 11 o'clock. It says Colony Town Court on it. Uh, I do my thing. We're back at the station like five after 11 oh, and uh, we go home, you know, and to this day, Eric Hoppel, I There's don't think no knows that, idea. that we just went down the street that that and happened. we actually, actually did fake news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you, you know, you get in trouble for that today. Oh yeah. yeah. I probably just, you know, ruined my chances to go back to channel 13 for a third probably. time. Yeah, you know? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, that was, and, uh, and of course, you know, another guy I worked with was Ed, Dag. Oh, yeah. The infamous Ed Dag. And uh, if you remember, Ed had a fused vertebrae yes. in his neck. Yep. He had, if he went to talk to the person on the set, whole he, had, body. he had to move his whole body because yeah, yeah. he couldn't really uh, move his neck. Right. And uh, so I was out one day on a, on a news story and somebody asked me, they said, uh, hey, you know, what's going on with Ed Dig, why does he yeah. turn yeah. his whole body to talk to the person next to him when he's on TV? And I said, oh, you don't know? And they said, no, what? And I said, <laughs> I said, have you ever been to Disney World, the Hall of Presidents, the Amnitronics, <laughs> you know, the, the presidents, they, they're robots? Yeah. I go, well, Ed Dig is a robot. I said, they did it to cut costs, and they had Disney build this Amnitronic anchorman, but they can't get the neck to work. So they have to turn the whole body. And the, and the person's buying it. Buying it. Yeah, 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 going, yeah, really? I go, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing, the technology, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's actually a Disney Amnitronic uh, that uh, Channel 13 is investing. And so, uh, uh, and okay, I think I told that story more than once to a couple of people that asked me. And I would tell them Ed Dig was actually an Amnitronic robot. Uh, and I walk in the, stu in the oh. station one day in the newsroom and I hear, Jackson! <laughs> oh, and I go over and I go, yeah, Ed, what's up? Are you telling people I'm, a, I'm an effing robot? <laughs> and I said, oh, well, it may have come up in conversation, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so... Oh man! I'll but tell you. Uh, you know, so uh, many people in the capital district uh, probably, yeah. maybe to this yeah. day, still think Ed was a robot. Well, you live by uh, um, where did it go? I used to have a, a th thing right up here, and maybe I put it away. Uh, oh boy, darn it, it's gone. I, I have a quote up here, um, and, the, and I don't remember the quote exactly, but you epitomize this. There, <laughs> no, nowhere is it written that life was meant to be serious. Oh, yeah. 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 And I live by those words. I oh, have absolutely. since my first day on the radio. Actually, I have since my first laugh I got in class in school, you know. Yep. Uh, I wasn't the class cut up, but when I did speak, you know, I usually got a giggle, you know. And, and so I've just lived by that philosophy. 
mostly in my later years because I watched Bob Hope and um, uh, George Burns and all these guys live till their 90s or 100. Oh, yeah. And I'm, that's what I'm shooting yeah. for. You know, it's just, just laugh. It's just life. It's what well, it I is. Well, I have to say, you know, uh, everybody in my family, uh, the men, were all dead by now. <laughs> and I have outlived yeah. them all. Yeah. And yeah. I, I attribute a lot of it to just not taking life too seriously. You can't. you can't. I mean, you take serious what you have to. Yes. But I find humor in almost, almost yes. everything. Yep. And it has cost me a lot of jobs, I'm sure. <laughs> My sense of humor has not always been appreciated. Yeah. Uh, truthfully, I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's uh, more than once uh, has, yeah. has you know, bitten me in the butt. Mm. But uh, So obviously you're trying to hide something here because you still haven't told me what happened after you left government. Oh, uh, I left government and started the uh, the radio station. I filed for the license. And oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought this was after the radio station. Yeah, I, no, I'm, I was I'm in sorry. government for about eight and a half years. Okay. And, and then uh, did the radio station. Had an opportunity to put this FM on the air. Okay. Like you had said earlier, it was everybody's dream who was in radio to yeah, own your to, own to, station. Exactly, yeah. yeah okay. uh, so after the radio station you sold... Uh, then I went back to Channel 13 for a second time, okay. and then I left there and went into higher education. Okay. Uh, I went to uh, Siena as a director of communications. Cool. And uh, they had a free tuition benefit, and my daughter was just about the time ready to go to college. Nice. And I said, Chris, I said, uh, you know, if you go to Siena, you get a free tuition benefit. And she goes, no, 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 I want to go away to school. And I couldn't mm. talk her into it. Mm. And I got offered a job by the state university. Uh, the Rockefeller Institute of Government, which is kind of a government think tank. Why they hired me, they had a very low standard, apparently. <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, I aced the interview and um, uh, went to work there. And then 20 minutes after I went to work for the State University, my daughter said, Dad, I've been accepted to Siena, and oh. I'm going to go to Siena. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But luckily, uh, the, the State University job paid uh, – twice what I have been making at Siena. So <laughs> it go. just all went back to Siena anyway. Yeah. And then, uh, believe it or not, I went down south. I went to uh, uh, with the St uh, State University of Georgia hmm. uh, at their liberal arts uh, university, which was in Milledgeville, which is in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> literally. In the middle. It was an hour or two of Dunkin' Donuts in Macon. <laughs> but uh, while I was there, uh, they opened up an NCE window, the FCC, which is non-commercial educational filing window. Okay. And I said, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and they did have a student radio station, but it was 10 watts. Yeah. <laughs> you could get it for about two blocks. Exactly, yeah. And I said, you know, I think we could get a full-service, full-power FM. Hmm. And uh, so I convinced the president to take a shot at it, and I uh, called an engineer that I knew, and he did the uh, the engineering on it. And came back, and I filed it with the FCC and uh, got them a full-power Class C FM station in nice. the middle of Georgia. Yeah. And then they were like, well, how are we going to build it? I said, there is a federal program uh, that will grant give you grants. So I did a fairly substantial grant application. There you go. And got that approved. Cool. And uh, got them, I think, 140 grand, which was enough to build the station and get it on the air. So... Uh, uh, that was the second FM that I put on yeah, there. And yeah. So that's, that's still you. going. Yeah. Some legacy there. Yeah. yeah. So every place I go, I, I start a station. <laughs> Build a radio and then station. And the FCC shows up. And start, starting with <laughs> the very first bedroom station you had. Yeah, the yeah. bedroom station. Uh, so that's, uh, that, that, that's two. And then, uh, as I say, I have a friend down in, uh, in 
New York, who's on a station, and uh, I keep my hand in by doing bits with him, That's and nice. uh, we just do stupid stuff. You know? yeah, Half yeah. the time, I don't tell him uh, what I'm going to do. I just call him sure. up, and well, he's, I'm he gets sure me he's, on the air. I'm sure he knows. I mean, he knows you, obviously, and trusts your sense of humor, and you know what the limits are, what you can get away with, and what you can't. Well, you not know. always, but you know, <laughs> they, they do have their hand yeah. on the bleep button uh, <laughs> any moment. Yes, well, thank you for that kind introduction, Floyd. This is Dexter Horschmidt reporting from downtown New Rochelle, and I'm pleased to be here to uh, discuss breaking developments in our fair city. Unfortunately, right at the moment, there doesn't seem to be much of anything to report or uh, comment on. Um, I could tell you a little bit about New Rochelle. It it has about 75,000 people in population. It is the seventh largest city in New York State. And it was settled in uh, 1688 by uh, French Protestants, the Huguenots. Um, In 1775, George Washington stopped here to regroup his troops. And uh, we're about two miles north of New York City. Uh, Possibly the most important thing I could uh, tell you about New Rochelle is that it is one of the safest cities in New York State. But unfortunately today, uh, just doesn't seem to be much worth commenting on here in downtown New Rochelle. So, Floyd, I'll send it back to you, and uh, I'll let you know if anything comes up that we might want to come back here and discuss uh, things going on. But as I say, at the moment, really not much happening here. Uh, in a row shell. Okay, Floyd, back to you. As I was telling you earlier before we started doing the interview, I, I called him up one day and I told him I had a business proposition. And I'm talking like this. I, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I have a business proposition I think you'd be interested in, sir. And of course he's going, what's the matter with this guy's voice? You know? yeah, yeah. And finally he goes, you know, well, what's the business? Well, sir, it's a helium factory. <laughs> And uh, to be completely honest with you, there is a leak in one of the pipes. (laughs) (laughs) Just stupid stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, hi. uh, Looking for Floyd uh, Vivito. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, this is Sam uh, Starstone. How are you? Listen, I've been listening to your show for a while, and it's very good. But I think it would be a whole lot better if you told some jokes, some professional jokes. And that's what I do. Uh, I'm a professional joke writer. I just wrote the funniest joke I ever I ever wrote. This is hysterical. And I thought maybe you might want to buy it from me and use it on your program. <laughs> this, 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 this joke just cracks me up. Just let me tell it to you real quick, okay? I, I, so a guy is going down the street. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we just made one, another day. I called him. I told him I was a world famous author, and I had written a book on the importance of remaining calm, and that uh, <laughs> and uh, I know what's coming. Go stress ahead. Stress <laughs> and uh, stress is a killer. Mm-hmm. You must remain calm at all times. Oh, hang on just a second, sir. Uh, you kids, get off my lawn and take your dog with you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, 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 yeah, perfect. Uh, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, as I say, stress is stress. a terrible thing. Hang on just a second. Uh, just jiggle the handle. Don't call a plumber. Jiggle the handle on the toilet. You know, like that. And I'm sorry. Uh, you know, so you can see that stuff. coming. I'm yeah, sure. I, I saw that coming. Yeah, yes, yes, but yes. you know, that's the kind of. Well, speaking of world famous authors, boy, you set it up for me just perfectly here. Well, I'm just trying to lead I, into it. You know, know? Well, there you go. You're just waiting for the time that you can plug, okay? Because I'm going to let you plug your book, and then I'm going to mention mine. But um, uh, I'm I'm just so excited about what you're about to embark on here. You're actually getting professionally published about something that has absolutely nothing. Pretty much to do with with broadcasting. Well, that that's true. So, how did this come about? Uh, well, uh, it's about the Titanic. Yeah, and it is a compilation of all of the things that came together to doom this ship. In fact, the name of the book is "Why the Titanic Was Doomed." Uh, it's being published by uh, a British uh, publisher, Pen and Sword. And uh, what happened was, I was thinking to myself, you know, I've never seen, I've seen bits and pieces of the reasons why the Titanic uh, sunk, uh, but I've never seen all of these pieces in one place. Yeah. So that was the tact I took in writing it. How long long ago did you start the project? Oh, three or four years ago, probably, bits and pieces. And then finally I just sat down and started writing it. Good. And I probably spent better part of a year, you know, working on it. And uh, my friend Floyd, the guy who has a radio show in New York, yeah. uh, enjoys history. And he and I told him about it, that I was trying to work on this book. And he goes, well, can you send it to me? So I sent him a draft. And he called me like two days later and he goes, this is great. I couldn't put it down. He goes, I, nice. I, you know, he goes, the way you wrote it, even if you don't have technical knowledge, you explained it. And, you know, you really had to see if you can find a publisher. Nice. And I said, well, you know, I'm appreciate that and you know you really think it's that good and you go oh yeah i really enjoyed it so i uh, i cleaned it up a little bit and i sent it to a publisher in britain mm-hmm. who had done similar kinds of books on history and smart. maritime and whatnot smart yeah. and all i did was a quick google search to see who had done titanic books yeah so i sent it to him on a wednesday night I get up Thursday morning. I go in. I'm literally <laughs> sitting on the on the throne, yeah. um, looking at my phone, going through emails, and I see an email back from this publisher in Britain saying, "Love the book. Want to publish it?" Wow. And I'm expecting, you know, thousands of rejection well, letters. Talk to Larry Mossy. Yeah. Okay. You, you, I don't know if you've read his book yet, but it took him forever. To realize that he had to self-publish because he just got turned down so many times by, yeah, by publishing I, I, houses. I, yeah, I figured they're going to go, oh, another Titanic book? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. the tact I had taken and the focus I had given to it, uh, they were like, hey, this unique. is great. Yeah. So uh, I you know, uh, finished it up. I added uh, some to it, some uh, additional sections and whatnot uh, to kind of uh, flesh it out a little bit more. And... Uh, 
you know, we went through a couple of revisions and drafts, and uh, and it's nice because uh, I had they had sent me a contract, and uh, I wanted to keep the film and TV rights. They wanted all the rights. It's mm. standard in publishing. They want sure, everything. Sure. But I, I rewrote the contract and kept the film and TV rights. Not that anybody will want to make a film or TV, but you never know. You Maybe never Discovery know. Channel or something. You, you know. never know. Absolutely. Uh, first writer refusal on and narrating the audio book, things like that. And I also upped all the commission rates um, <laughs> a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. And they and they went with it. They didn't, well, that's terrific. They didn't kick it back at all. I was like, Smart wow. Smart move, Brian. Very nice. So yeah. it's time to come out. In April, April which 2022, is, right, and which, which is, is the uh, month that they that it it's sank. the 110th anniversary right. of the uh, of the sinking. Yeah, and uh, you know it was like wow, I was you know I, I I for me to to nail a publisher the first time out, I thought was almost any author will tell you it's just unheard of. But I have first to tell author. you, uh, I am very fortunate because I was a horrible English student. Uh, I couldn't spell to save my life. Wow. Uh, I just, if you ask so me, you went into news, if you asked me to this day to diagram a sentence or pick out the adverb, oh, yeah. I'd be like, Oh, sure. Oh, you got me. Well, same here. Yeah. Luckily what saved me and in broadcasting too, in news was I grew up in an area of Northern New Jersey where people spoke proper English. There you go. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Did it sound right to my ear? Yes. And yeah. so basically I write for the ear yeah, and exactly. I and I did that in when I got the broadcasting. Yep. And spell check of course has saved me on the spelling. I've mm-hmm. I've gotten really pretty good at spelling. <laughs> uh, Thanks I, to spell check. I know spell the check. difference between two two and two now and there there and there. Uh, and uh, so uh, you know you know this is not to denigrate anybody from Brooklyn or Queens but if I had grown up there Yeah. I'd probably be doing the yeah. news like, uh, them guys in the Congress today <laughs> yeah, right. uh, did a yeah. did a, did legislation to help the Utes, you know. Uh, exactly. Well, I credit my mother. Yeah, she would correct me growing up. She would correct my grammar. Yeah, you know, she was just a stickler for it. And no matter how upset I seemed to get at the time, okay, mom, you know, um, I I really do credit her. You know that. And I took broadcast journalism in college. The, yep. the one okay. year I went, I took a, a BJ course, and and I had a very good professor. He was just excellent at it. And again, he taught us to write for the ear because this was broadcast. Yeah, yeah. And so that's I the the more positive reviews I've had from friends of mine, and that's about all who's read my book, are friends of mine that said you just you write like you sound, you write like you talk. And I said, well, thank you. That's a compliment because that's how I was yeah, taught. Yeah, and, and that's exactly, yeah. uh, you know, like I say, luckily, I, I did the same thing. I went to college for uh, journalism and communications. Yeah. and uh, But growing up with people who spoke proper English saved me because yes. uh, like I say uh, you go you know I was a horror I hated reading <laughs> I hated book reports I, I didn't I just, read a whole know. book all the way through until I was in college in fact and the f- that was the Godfather by Mario Qu- Mario Cuomo yeah. by Mario Puzo you know and and up until then all the reading assignments I had in back in junior and senior high school I never read any of those well, books the first the book I ever read cover to cover was a night to remember which was about the Titanic I've got it right here do you I do I yes. had to do a book report and i looked through all the books that were available and that's the one that kind of hooked me and i i couldn't put it down uh and uh so that's what kind of got me started on the titanic and uh and um uh, that was in seventh grade so 
Walter Lord's a, a night to right remember. To remember, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. I'm about three quarters of the way through it's, it, and uh, I put it down for something else. I don't remember what. And, and that really was the impetus of my uh, getting hooked on the Titanic. But uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. One day I was sitting in the governor's office, and I was writing a speech for Mario Cuomo. And in the middle of writing it, I just stopped and went, how the hell did this happen? <laughs> I'm the world's worst yeah. English student, and yeah. I'm writing a speech for the governor yeah. of New York. Yeah. And I turned it into him, and he goes, I like it. It's my style. You've, you've copied my style. And I was it. like, wow. Nice, nice. Because uh, don't ask yeah. me to pick out you know, an adverb in there because <laughs> right. I have no idea what that exactly. would be. Or to diagram it. Because, exactly. Uh, you know, or uh, A before E, except after Z, or whatever you know, the, those mm. rules were. So plug it again. What's the name of the book? The book is called, uh, what is the name of the book? Oh, it's uh, uh, Why the Titanic Was Doomed. Okay. Uh, and there's like a little subtitle, uh, Disaster of Circumstance. And wow. what I've done is pulled together all the circumstances that... Sure, uh, that made it you know. So possible. if you look at it, I've worked for a, a dozen radio stations, uh, a TV station, the governor, state agencies, uh, higher education, and now I've written a book. And you know what this all comes down to? No. I can't hold a job. <laughs> I, just, just, you know, I just keep yeah, going from thing to thing to thing. That's true. That's yeah. true. But this, no, this is true. I'm just so thrilled for the, the you know this book because mine, as I mentioned, is self-published. Um, uh, called I'll Have to Ask My Mom because that's how my radio career started at 16. I needed a ride. Yeah. You know, so yeah. when they said, do you want to work? I said, I'll have to ask my mom. That came to me. I woke up one morning and the title was there. I'd been working on the book for months and all of a sudden the title just came to me. I'll have to ask my mom. So, uh, and that's available through, um, uh, on, uh, you know, uh, what's that? Uh, Amazon, I think Amazon. is what it's called. Yes, yeah. yes. And Audible. I did the audio book. And you're going to do the audio book of yours as that, well, right? That's the plan. Cool. Uh, you know, Excellent. so I'm looking forward to it. Um, Excellent. Yeah, so, uh, and now I've, uh, this process of uh, getting this one published was so easy. There you go. That so I'm, I'm now uh, focused on doing a second book. Yeah. Uh, which is about... Uh, a double agent uh, in World War II that most people I, that I talk to don't have never heard of the guy. Okay, so it is fact-based. Yeah, okay, it's, yeah. it's completely fact-based. And this guy was a double agent, and uh, he's the only guy who got the Iron Cross from Hitler and the MBE from the British. Whoa. Because he was working for the British, but yeah, Hitler but thought he was working for, for him. him. Wow. And uh, Sounds the, interesting. Guy, the guy was amazing. Uh, you should hang on to the film and TV rights for that one, I, too. I, I hope to do that as well. <laughs> and the thing is, they've just released a lot of uh, previously classified documents. So even though there's been some stuff uh, written about this guy, um, there's now some new information that's available that's been declassified. So uh, I'm hoping that'll be kind of the hook of yeah. being able to, to do the latest uh, Good for you. thing on it. So, uh, Well, Brian, this, is, this has been delightful, and I'm thrilled for your, your next chapter, uh, you know, pardon the pun, uh, you know, with, <laughs> with the book coming out. But, but it, it seems to me like, um, you know, it all kind of happened in the way it's supposed to, but of course you never would have in your wildest dreams guessed that this yeah, is where it would I think lead. part of it is I get bored easily. So oh, there I, you go. I, I sure. need to, you know, well, what can I do that'll hold yeah, my interest? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think now the next step is I'm ready to go back to Channel 13 for the third <laughs> trip. Uh, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, the way they've been changing, uh, you know, staff over there, there's probably well, an opening next week. I, you know, I'll, I'll leave you at least with this story. Uh, back when you know broadcasting was more fun and it wasn't so corporate uh, based. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the two stories at Channel Thirteen. One was uh, <laughs> the station was originally owned by a, a guy named uh, Sunderling. Uh, yeah. I can't think of his first name, yeah, but I do remember that. Yeah. L- Little old guy, and uh, he was, uh, he, he, you know, he probably made his money by hanging on to what he had because he wasn't known for big budgets and, and spending a lot of money. Yeah. And this is back, of course, when the station was Waste, W A S T. And uh, the famous story was he came into a budget meeting. He would come up once a year. Egmont Sunderling was his name. He would come to the oh, station once a year God. for the budget meeting. And he's going down the list, and he's like, all right. He goes, what, what is this over here? What, film. What is the film for? Film, $25,000. What, what are you doing with the film? Well, we, you know, this is before videotape. Uh, well, we go out and we uh, film stories for the news. And uh, like what? Like what? You know, if, well, if there's a fire, we would go out, we would take pictures of the fire and mm-hmm. put it on the news. Yeah, and then what do you do with it? Well, we put it in the library, the archives. Why, you don't use it again? Well, no, not usually. Why wouldn't you use it again? Well, because, uh, you know, the, 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 flames is flames. <laughs> <laughs> and the only way they got them oh, to, the only way they got them to finally agree to buy more film <laughs> was uh, the Channel 11 in New York had been running old film footage mm. and... Mm-hmm. Saying it was new, yeah, and the FCC had fined them. Sure. So uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> you mentioned that too. When you there. mentioned that, you know, well, if we do that, we're going to get fined a hundred thousand dollars. So it'd probably be better to spend twenty five on new film. <laughs> right. And he finally broke down and said, "All right, but his <laughs> flames his, is his flames. flames is flames." Oh, that's. And great. then the other one was uh, John Wolf was the weather guy. For oh, years I remember John. And years and yep, years. Yep. And long before all the computer graphics, exactly, yeah. he had these uh, painted metal boards that mm-hmm. were on sliders. Mm-hmm. You had the, the nation, you had uh, New York State, State, and then you had then, the Capital District. Right. And he would slide them on these rollers. And the, the boards are painted metal. And then the H's and L's, the little H's and L's. They're magnetic, were right? magnetic. They would stick around. on the board. You yep. could move them around. Yeah. So uh, we did a couple of things with that. One night we... Uh, got a kid's refrigerator magnet alphabet, and we just put <laughs> letters all over the second board. The first board was fine. Yeah, when, the, what so he when he first is, signed on. As soon as he got yeah. off at six, uh, the 6 o'clock news, he would set it up for the 11. Sure, yeah. And then he would go over to Charlie Weaver's and right. sit at the bar right. and get lit. In fact, we actually, I replaced the on-the-air sign in the studio when he would come back from Charlie Weaver's with no open flame, you know, <clears throat> so the place didn't, he didn't burst into flames. But uh, so, uh, you know, John gets on the air and he slides the first board and there's just, uh, you know, 50 everywhere. F's, L's, G's all over the map. I mean, it just makes no sense at all. And this is live And this is live television. And, oh, I mean, he's just, and of course, he just stands there for about, 20 seconds and looks at it, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And then the other thing we did to the poor guy uh, was we nailed the first board we let slide. The second board we nailed in place. Oh, jeez. So he couldn't slide it to get to the Capitol District. You guys. And he got into an argument with it, and he's he's trying to slide it, and he's trying to force it. 
and the whole thing just broke apart on yeah, the air. I mean, yeah. you know, the wood splintered oh, and the thing God. fell on the floor, and he's just like looking at it. Oh, man. And the only other story I'll tell you <laughs> remember <laughs> Betty could, and Moo? We could be here all day. Oh, yes, I, I do remember Betty okay, and Moo. Okay, Betty yes. and Moo. Yeah, the weather dog. Uh, yeah. She would bring the dog out, this poor lifeless dog. And uh, she. this is long before they did the local news drop-ins. I think she actually bought the time and then sold it to local advertisers. Okay. But she would come out and she would hold up pictures at Kids in Center, you know, refrigerator art, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would do her little five-minute drop-in during the morning uh, network show. Right. So... Uh, uh, I got in early one day, and I had a can of, uh, I think it was Hart's Mountain Doggy Off. It was this spray to keep dogs off furniture. Oh, and I sprayed the top of the of the table that she would set the dog oh. on. It said moo on the front. So, <laughs> And, of course, you know, she didn't really rehearse. She just comes prancing into Studio B, plops the dog down. Now, this dog was, you'd think it was comatose most of the time. <laughs> she plops the dog down, and the dog goes, Wow! <laughs> And for the next five minutes, Betty is wrestling with the dog. Going, oh, Moo is very excited today. And the dog's going, Arr! <laughs> And of course, the guys in the control room are falling out of the chairs. Oh, I God. mean, it was just, it was, uh, and I, I never did let on what we had done, uh, spraying mm. the countertop with Hearts Mountain Doggy off. Remind me never to go on the air <laughs> on a live mic with you anywhere in the county. I'll tell you, that, those are but, great but, stories. But thank you. We did you. have a lot of fun. Thank you, know, you. absolutely, just... and thank goodness. And you're still alive to talk about yeah, it. So, yeah, so uh, and you still have friends. That's thanks nice for, too. Thanks for tuning in, folks. This was part one. Uh, part two will be at some future date, and I'll tell you the rest of my stories. There you go. Everything from electrocuting an FCC inspector to uh, yeah. I mean, how do you top those? Bringing stories? a dog out of a coma. You know, I mean, A to Z. Oh, Brian, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Well, I enjoyed always, it, too. Always uh, fun to talk with you. And, and it's, uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Radio Split Ranch. Don't say I didn't warn you. A few minutes with Brian inevitably makes your day better. And he's put smiles on a lot of faces over his 50-plus years in broadcasting and public service. We counted it up. He made stops at uh, 14 different radio and TV stations, which, if you're keeping count, and why wouldn't you be, brings our total call letter count in seven interviews so far to 79 stations. How many more can we add after our next interview is anyone's guess, since I'm not sure who yet will be our next month's visit. But we'll find out. I guess you'll just have to listen and have your calculator ready. If you're enjoying this time traveling that we're doing, would you take a moment to comment and sign up to follow Radio Split Ranch on your favorite service? We appreciate it. It helps spread the word about the fun we're having and may convince my mother that my dropping out of college after just one year wasn't for naught. Before we go, try to enjoy our closing air check coming up from my first pass through WTRY in Troy, New York, back on May 20th, 1989. I made a note on the CD case that this is a fun air check, so we'll let you decide. Hope you'll listen again next month for another conversation from the Radio Split Ranch. In the meantime, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. This is the United Stations Radio Network. The WTRY Weather Watch forecast, according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kovacic, partly sunny, breezy, warm today. Expect a high around 89. Partly cloudy, mild tonight, low 57. Mix of sun and clouds tomorrow with a chance of a brief shower or thunderstorm and a high of 85. Currently, sunshine, 58 degrees at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. <laughs> Chris Warren. WTRY.
the oldie station. Get your doolangs out. Doolang, doolang, doolang. The only station, 98 WTRY, just give me some kind of sign. Some some kind of sign, girl, that you love me. Now, just turn the radio off. I don't think that's it. Eight minutes after 6 o'clock, 6.08, a Saturday morning with Chris and 58 Degrees are greeting you this morning. How are you doing? Glad to have you along. Got Elvis coming up later on this hour. Pet Clark, Shirelles, Beach Boys, Brad, Neil Diamond, and more. Hope you'll stick around for it because a lot is going on this day, which happens to be the 20th of May, 19... Uh, uh, 89, but don't go by the weather forecast. <laughs> We're going up to 89 today. You believe that? At 98 WTRY, where this Wednesday night, it'll be time for the next WTRY Fender Bender Oldies Party. John Gabriel's there this week at Fender's at the Turf for all your favorite dancing oldies. And this week, be there for the Yukon Jack Bartenders Competition and Party. We'll have a ton of prizes to give away, and bartenders from all over the area will be showing off their stuff. It's going to happen next Wednesday. That's what it is. The next WTRY Fender Bender Oldies Party, 8 to 11 at Fender's Oldies Club inside the Holiday Inn turf on Wolf Road. Yesterday's greatest hits are on the Oldie Station, 98 WTRY. 613, a Saturday good morning. What are you doing up so early? Go back to bed. Here's Johnny Mathis. WTRY. 619, a Saturday morning with Chris. I'm waking up. Hope you haven't been sleeping in the subway. Here's Pet Clark. You wander around, The only station, 98 WTRY. And don't sleep in the uh, subway, darling. No, you can come, come to my place if you want. Hey, it's always, doors always open. 22 minutes after 6. 622, I'm just not going to tell you my address. 58 degrees. And we have TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kavacic's forecast coming up momentarily. Hope you'll stick around for that. And then another WTRY Gold Rush. Got at least six great oldies in a row. Coming up, WTRY. We try harder to make it easier. 624, a Saturday morning with Chris standing by with Glenn Travis Campbell coming up next. It's uh, 20, did we say 24 after 6? We did. Let's read the WTRY Weather Watch forecast according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kavacic. Partly sunny, breezy, and warm today. And get this, 89. Once again, going to be a beautiful one. Partly sunny. Uh, we'll make it partly cloudy because the sun will be gone and mild this evening. Low 57. You know, when I wake up in a few minutes, this show is really going to take off. A mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. There's a chance of a brief shower or thunderstorm. High 85. I got too much sleep last night. Right now, 58 degrees and sunshine. Weatherwatch 98 WTRY. WTRY's gold rush means more oldies back to back. The oldie station. WTRY. Station 98 WTRY with the Penguins actually predating the uh, rock and roll era, 1954. And the song is still one of the most popular requests we get today. Here are the Shirelles on TRY. The original only station, 98 WTRY. Hey, when we say six in a row, a gold rush, we mean six in a row. The music never stops at 98 WTRY. 20 minutes shy of 7 o'clock, 58 degrees. Expect a sunny, breezy, warm one today, 89. And I'm getting a lot of pressure at home to open up the pool. But hey, don't be fooled by this, okay? I mean, I haven't put the snowblower away yet. I'm just not too sure here. 98 WTRY in a current affair has your chance to win a Sony Dream Machine and qualify to win your share of 90 $8,000 in cash and prizes, including a two-week trip to Hawaii. All you have to do is watch A Current Affair on WTEN Channel 10, then listen to Tom Williams 820 every morning, Monday through Friday on WTRY, the oldie station. Attention. 
Rascals on 98 WTRY playing non-stop solid gold. 15 shy of 7 o'clock, 6.45 is Saturday with Chris and the Drifters. They say... The original oldie station, 98 WTRY. Brad, David Gates, and the gang from 1971. Everything I own, of course, is yours. Nine before seven o'clock, at least between six and ten on Saturday mornings. 58 degrees, sunshine, and a beauty is dawning. 89 is what our expected high will be today. And Bob Kovacic's full weather forecast is just moments away at 98 WTRY. Looking for something to do this weekend? Here's something for a great cause. The first annual Walk for AIDS is uh, happening starting at 10 o'clock this morning at Washington Park off Madison going to the Corning Preserve. About a five-mile walk altogether, and you can give me a call here. We'll give you the numbers to call 476-WTRY. That's a reminder from the original oldie station, 98-WTRY. A card that pays you back. The WTRY Weather Watch forecast, according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kivancic. Partly sunny, breezy, warm today. High 89. Partly cloudy, mild overnight, low about 57. Then a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. Chance of a brief shower or a thunderstorm, which is why my son has his soccer game on Sunday, you see, so we can have rain. High around 85. Right now, sunshine, 50. At Weatherwatch 98 WTRY. The Oldie Station. 98 WTRY. Brooklyn's Neil Diamond on the Oldie Station 98 WTRY from back in 1967. A step up a few years from that. Redbone is here to take us to Lutiny News at 7 o'clock. Come on, get your love. WTRY for the Capital District. Chris Warren, WTRY, the OD station. Good morning, seven minutes after seven o'clock. You know, they always cover the uh, President's Golf Mash. Never talk about Barbara's uh, bridge game. I think we should have that. 98 WTRY, the original oldie station. Diana Ross and the Supremes come see about me. 1966, solid gold. It's 12 minutes after 7. 7, 12, Saturday morning with Chris. Later on this hour, a few minutes from now, we'll let you in on when exactly to be listening for the WTRY Money Card Contest. We'll be reaching into the Money Card Mailbag three times today. We'll have those hours for you coming up in just a few. As we will, Peter and Gordon, Love and Spoonful, Marvin Gaye, Beatles, Buckingham's, Beach Boys, and more. Don't go away from 98 WTRY. WTRY, getting together with a current affair for your chance to win a Sony Dream Machine and, of course, qualify to win your share of $98,000 in cash and prizes, including how about a two-week trip to Hawaii? Sounds good to me. All you have to do is watch A Current Affair on WTEN Channel 10 and listen to Tom Williams. He's here every morning, Monday through Friday, from around 8.20 or so he's going to do this right here on the oldie station, 98 WTRY. The date, Sunday, May 21st. The place, Nickabaca Field in Troy. The site of the 1989 Cow Chip Fundraiser. Take the family and show your support for the Troy Family YMCA this Sunday starting at noon. You can smell the excitement as three cows have it out. I mean really have it out. On the field of battle. It's cow versus cow at Knickerbocker Field with free admission plus a craft fair and the main event. Three cows doing what they do best. It's all to benefit the Troy Family YMCA this Sunday starting at noon. Presented by Grim Building Materials Company and the Troy Family YMCA. For more information, call 272-5900. 272-5900. It all goes down this Sunday. Knickerbocker Field in Troy. The 1989 Cow Chip Fundraiser. You won't believe how it comes out. 
your favorite oldies sound best on the Capital District's original oldie station, 98 WTRY. 718 with Chris. Stay tuned. Martial law has been declared here in the studio. That means you're going to get what you deserve. All the best oldies. The Ronettes, baby. I love you. The oldie station, 98 WTRY. Baby, I love you. It's true, I do. It's 20 minutes after 7 o'clock. It is a Saturday morning, but you knew that. And I'm Chris, in case you didn't know that. We have uh, word that Beauty and the Beast fans are going to be terribly disappointed. Yes, turns out that CBS has not put Beauty and the Beast on the fall TV schedule. And believe me, they're locking their doors over at CBS. Um, also not coming back next year, says here, The Equalizer and Kate and Allie. Just if they're your favorites, what can we tell you? This is what I'm reading. It's right here in black and almost white here. Five new dramas and three comedies coming up on CBS this fall, including the return of Dr. Kildare. Not uh, as Dr. Kildare, but uh, Richard Chamberlain is coming back to his first series since the 60s, and he'll play another doctor, yes, in the Hawaiian. Uh, might have something to do with the fact the guy lives in Hawaii. What do you think? It's time, shouldn't you? Well, I certainly hope so. The WTRY Weather Watch forecast, according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kovacic. Partly sunny, breezy, warm today. It sounds like a day in July. High around 89. Partly cloudy, mild tonight, low 57. Then there's a mix of sun and clouds expected for tomorrow. Chance of a brief shower or thunderstorm. Looks like the weekend's going to get pretty good here still. 85 right now, or tomorrow, I should say, for uh, Sunday. And we'll expect as much sunshine as possible. we got clear blue sunny skies now. 60 degrees at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. The Oldie Station, 98 WTRY. Right now, we're going to give you today's clues as to when we're going to reach into the WTRY money card mailbag and give away your share of $10,000. Wouldn't that be great if you could pick up your share? All right. Sometime today between 8 and 9, also between 1 and 2 this afternoon, and between 5 and 6 later this afternoon, you could win that $98 in cash. If you've sent us your WTRY money card, be listening, and if you hear your name, call us back within 30 minutes. You could win your share of $10,000 thousand dollars in cash from the oldie station 98 wtry ain't nothing peculiar about it here's marvin gay takes us to lutiny news at 7 30 this morning we'll be back till 10 for the capital district chris warren wtry the oldie station good morning 24 shy of eight o'clock and one of the prettiest songs written by lennon and mccartney done for you from 1964 by the beatles and i love her i give up the only station 98 wtri can see it now men searching the world for ugly women i can see Jimmy Soul on the oldie station. 60 degrees and sunshine as we head toward a high near 90 today. What a day. It's more like a mid-July day than mid-May, but we do have the 20th of May underway. Chris on your radio, hanging from your lobe till 10 o'clock this morning. Still to come this hour, Buckingham's Beach Boys, 5th Dimension. We'll squeeze a lot in before 8 o'clock when Lou Tinney pops back in here again. We also have Bob Kovacic's weather forecast moments away as well at 98 WTRY, the original oldie station, where we're celebrating the 100th anniversary of the jukebox by giving you a chance to win your very own Wurlitzer. Mm-hmm. 
We're going to even throw the records in. Isn't this great? We're going to complete with records. Simply listen to John Gabriel weekdays, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. for an oldies trivia question. Now, the first correct caller will score a pair of Canada Dry American Bandstand t-shirts and immediately qualify to win that Wurlitzer. If you'd like some help with the answers, all you have to do is stop by the Canada Dry Ginger Ale Rock Your Memory display at Area Bond Fair stores. They used to be the convenient food marts. And pick up an answer card. Soon you could be rocking to oldies. Play it on your very own Wurlitzer jukebox only from the oldies station, 98 WTRY. It began. The Oldie Station 98 WTRY playing solid gold back to back. 13 and a half before 8 o'clock with Chris and the Buckingham. The Oldie Station 98 WTRY. Seven top ten songs, two number ones, including Aquarius Let the Sunshine In. And that one right there, Wedding Bell Blues, went to number one back in 1969. My first year in radio, people would call up and request Bill. Would you play Bill, please? Actually, it's called the Wedding Bell Blues, but you probably figured that out by now. Eight before eight o'clock at time, natural. How are you this Saturday morning? Sunshine, 60 degrees. Greet you this morning, as does yours truly, Chris Warren. We have the the full Bob Kovacic weather forecast next. The most prescribed allergy medication ever. Gesundheit. The WTRY Weather Watch forecast, according to TV 13 meteorologist, he said, uh, not very well, Bob Kovacic, calling for a partly sunny, breezy, warm, one, unbelievable today. High near 90. Again, this will be the third day in a row. Partly cloudy, mild tonight, low 57, a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. Chance of a brief afternoon shower or thunderstorm and a high again of 85. Right now, sunshine and 60 at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. The Yoli Station 98 WTRY. Beach Boys on 98 WTRY. Wouldn't it be nice if we could listen to the Raiders right now? That sounds good to me. A service of WTRY for the Capital District. Chris Warren. WTRY, the oldie station. It's two, it's two. It's Chris until 10 o'clock this morning. How you doing? Here are the Skyliners. Since I don't have you. Me? Really? Oh, that's not nice. 12 minutes after 8 o'clock at 98 WTRY. The old E-Station. How are you doing this Saturday morning? What a beautiful day to wake up to. Going to be over 60 degrees next time we check the temperature, I'm sure, as we head toward a high around 89 today. Not too bad at all. And this hour, going to make you even happier. Later this hour, going into the WTRY money card mailbag. Going to go right in there and you know, you're draw the name. And perhaps you'll win $98 in cash. So if you've sent your WTRY money card in to us, be listening. We might announce your name later this hour. And then if you call us back within 30 minutes, you win the cash. Simple as that. From the oldie station, 98 WTRY. It began yesterday. 98 WTRY with all your favorite oldies. 98 WTRY. The oldie station. The original one, in fact. The station you grew up with. 19 minutes after 8 o'clock, 819, Saturday morning with Chris. And, of course, Johnny Burnett, 1960. And you're 16. If you are, you don't remember any of this stuff, do you? Well, we're having a good time with it anyway. We're glad to have you along this Saturday morning. Chris, in your ear till 10, checking out some of the highlights in today's history. 50 years ago today, count them, May 20th, 1939, regular transatlantic air service began as a Pan American Airways plane, the Yankee Clipper, took off from
from Port Washington, New York, bound for Europe. We understand the luggage still has not arrived. In 1830, on this date, the first railroad timetable was published in the newspaper, The Baltimore American. See, now that, that was the mistake right there. If you didn't publish the timetable, trains wouldn't be late. You see, that's how that works. 1926, inventor Thomas Edison expressed the view that Americans would prefer silent movies over talking pictures. Yes, on this date, he said that. Obviously, he never saw the hit movie Earthquake in Sense Around, right? Uh, some more flying history. A lot of flying history on this date in history. 1927, Charles Lindbergh took off from Roosevelt Field in uh, Long Island, on Long Island, New York. And he was aboard the Spirit of St. Louis, of course, on his historic solo journey to France. And his luggage still has not arrived. And on uh, 1932, on this date, Amelia Earhart took off from Newfoundland for Ireland to become the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic. And, yeah, you guessed it, lost her cosmetic. Case. You never saw... That's what camel soups are, mm, good. Oh, hi there. <laughs> Wait a second, I want to do this right. I'm not going to be able to do it right. Well, anyway, we were going to we're going to do something here, but it's uh, too late to do that because we're going to do the weather forecast from WTRY TV 13. Meteorologist Bob Kovacic calls for a partly sunny, breezy, warm day today. High around 89. Partly cloudy, mild tonight, low 57. There's a mix of sun and clouds expected for tomorrow and a chance of a brief shower or a thunderstorm, perhaps high around 85. Right now, sunshine, and it's got to be better than 60. We'll check that out for you at WeatherWatch 98 WTRY. Great 98 WTRY. Aretha, you make me feel unnatural, I want to tell you. Here's Aretha Franklin, and we're going back a few for that one. 1967, we won't say how many years ago that is, or how old any of us were at the time. 26 minutes after 8 o'clock at 98 WTRY, where it's time right now to reach into our WTRY money card mailbag and draw the name of another lucky person to win $98 in cash. I have the name of Patty Giuliano, I believe it is, of Troy, New York, in my hand here. Patty Giuliano of Troy, you have 30 minutes to call me back at 476-WTRY and win $98 in cash. From the oldie station, 98-WTRY. Give us a call. We'll make you a winner. We'll put you on the radio and everything, and your friends will say, I heard you on the radio. We're going to listen to Lou Tinney next after White Plains. My baby loves loving from 1970. You got it. I'm the oldie station, TRY. This is Lou Tinney for Newswatch 98, a service of WTRY for the Capital District. Hey, Lou, do you, do you like winners, Lou? I love a winner. You, you love winners? Well, yeah. I, I like them, too, and I'm not, I don't like to hesitate. When we get a winner, I want to talk to the person, okay? All right. So we got one right here. Let's go to the telephone. 98WTRY. Hi, what's your name? Patty Juliano. And Patty, where are you calling from? From and and you just heard your name on the radio, didn't you? Yeah. Well, congratulations. Just won yourself $98 in cash with the WTRY money card. Thank you. How simple was that? That was. What a great way to spend a day, huh? Yeah. You got plans for that money? Oh, just shopping. Oh, hey. Hey, I'm a shopper, too. Right. You know? Yeah. Actually, I'm a buyer. I don't shop. I just I just buy. Right. right. Well, congratulations. And, uh, and what station, radio station that you listen to specializes in the oldies? WTRY. Station 98 WTRY, 18 and a half before 9 o'clock. For the four seasons, and before that, the four tops. And um, I'm just one. I'm Chris Warren. We're here till 10 o'clock this morning. 64 and sunshine, heading toward a high of around 90 today. Not too shabby. I, I could take that. Don't forget, coming up Monday at noontime, John Gabriel's going to count down the top 10 hits for May 22nd, 1967. Good year. The WTRY Hall of Fame, that's what it's called. And if you're from the class of 67, be listening. Your chance to win a video membership at Hippos at Stuyvesant Plaza could be happening then. And you'll also be eligible for our weekly drawing. 
to win the Super Shop and Save Oldies Library, 101 legendary hits on 14 cassettes. How do I get in this contest? That's the WTRY Hall of Fame weekdays on the lunch hour from the original Oldie Station, 98 WTRY. Got to get back to my apple. The date. The Oldie Station is 98 WTRY. Tell your friends. I'm a from Beatles 65, that's the Beatles from 1965, I'm a Loser, 11 before 9 o'clock, 11 shy of 9, or if you look at your clock upside down, it's 8.51. Sunshine and 64 degrees, a full Bob Kabachik weather forecast coming up momentarily. Summertime 1970, remember it well. Holding on tighter and tighter with Alive and Kicking, 8 before 9 o'clock. Saturday morning with Chris, and it, it all ends tomorrow night. Miami Vice goes off the air tomorrow night, a special two-hour episode. They're keeping the plot a secret, but considering uh, who the uh, show's executive producer is, it probably will go out with some sort of bang. When Michael Mann ended his Crime Story series, you might remember a couple seasons back, he blew up the bad guys with an atomic bomb. <laughs> How do you top that with Miami Vice? Maybe I got it. Maybe they could have Sonny Crockett go bald. What a finish, huh? Not a WTRY going back in time with the Vogues. Next, in fact, we're going back to 5 o'clock to be exact. Hang in. WTRY Weather Watch forecast. According to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kovacic, partly sunny, breezy, warm today. High 89. Yeah, 89. It's May 20th. You got it. Partly cloudy, mild tonight. Low about 57. Just perfect sleeping weather. Mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. Chance of a brief shower or thunderstorm. Just kind of mess up your picnic a little bit, but not too bad. High around 85. Right now, 64 in sunshine. At Weather Watch 98, WTRY. It's a five o'clock world. Foes, 1966. On the oldie station, 98 WTRY. Three shy of nine o'clock. Lou Tinney News is just three minutes from right this very moment. From about ten feet from where I stand, in fact. On the oldie station, 98 WTRY. Here's David Ruffin. My whole world ended. For the Capital District. Chris Warren, WTRY, the oldie station. Good morning. Now, everybody whose wife is putting them to work in the yard today, raise your hand. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought, yeah. Here's Tommy James. I'm such as the original oldie station, 98 WTRY, 1958 for the king and a fool such as I. There is one now and then, usually every Saturday, 6 to 10 a.m. That's where we are right now. Today, 11 minutes after 9 o'clock, 68 in sunshine. What an hour we've got coming up, including music from the Beach Boys, Brian Hyland, Bobby Vinton, The Ventures, and B.J. Thomas is coming up next at 98 WTRY, where tonight it's Dick Bartley's original rock and roll oldie show. Join us for all the great hits from the golden age of Top 40 by your request. This week, the rock and roll oldie show spotlights the hits and Headlines from the year 1962. It's Dick Bartley's original rock and roll oldie show. Happens tonight at 7 on the original oldie station, 98 WTRY. Attention. 98 WTRY with your favorites from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Ninety-eight WTRY. I'm sorry, the Chinese pulled the plug on our transmitter there for a second. Uh, Ninety-eight WTRY. Twenty-one minutes after nine o'clock. Actually, I'm on the phone with somebody that's trying to get me to name a song, and I and isn't that terrible? I've been playing this stuff for twenty years. I know all this stuff. He sings me a song, and I can't think of the name of it. I, and it's it'll come to me sometime in my sleep tonight. Nine twenty-one a Saturday morning with Chris. Sixty-eight on the outside. Sunshine and the full Bob Kovacic weather forecast is coming up next at ninety-eight WTRY, where we are, of course going to cruise America. 
America tomorrow with Cousin Brucie. On the uh, show this week, Cousin Brucie talks with Felix Cavalieri of the uh, Rascals and actor Ron Howard will talk about his days in Mayberry on the Andy Griffith Show. Great memories and the best music ever made, of course. Cruise in America with Cousin Brucie tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock on the Oldie Station 98 WTRY. It began yesterday. And growing. The WTRY Weather Watch forecast, according to TV 13 meteorologist Bob Kovacic, a partly sunny, breezy, warm one expected today, kind of like a mid-July day, high around 90, partly cloudy, mild tonight, low 57. A mix of sun and clouds expected for Sunday with a chance of a brief shower or a thunderstorm at a high of 85. Right now, sunshine 68 at Weather Watch 98 WTRY. The Oldie Station 98 the oldie station, 98 WTRY. A Saturday with Chris, and morning has broken, and going to get a broom right now and clean it up. I'm sorry. Well, that was bad. I'm going back to bed. Morning has... A service of WTRY for the Capital District. Chris Warren. WTRY. The Good morning. Our appropriate song of the morning is Brian Highland's Sealed with a Kiss. We'll send it out to all the uh, folks taking the summer off from college. See you in September. Seal it with a kiss. The, week. the original oldie station, 98 WTRY, and it's just uh, too late to turn back now. No, Forge ahead here. 20 minutes before 10 o'clock. Only 20 minutes left with Chris. Glad to have you along on this Saturday morning at 98 WTRY. Reminding you that tomorrow at the Knickerbocker Field in North Troy, the Troy Family YMCA Cow Chip Bingo Fundraiser and Craft Fair. Now there's a combination for you. will be held from noon till 3. Prizes and surprises. Our own Tom Williams will be there for a great day of fun and fundraising for the Troy Family YMCA. Of course, after the Cow Chip Contest, Tom will not be allowed back here in the main studio. For more information, call 272-5900. That's tomorrow. Knickerbocker Field in Troy should be fun. Join us. The original oldie station, 98 WTRY. <laughs> 98 WTRY, the oldie station, remembers the birth of rock and roll. Don't hang up. 15 before 10 o'clock with Chris. My God. The original oldie station, 98 WTRY, from my favorite year in rock and roll music, 1964. Mary Wells, my guy. 10 shy of 10 o'clock, it's a time natural. Naturally enough, we've got 10 minutes left in the Chris Warren get-together for this day, and then we're going to let go of your lobe and turn it on over to uh, Jeff Jordan, who's coming in and going to do his thing. And that's not that doesn't happen too often, so, I mean, you got to listen. He'll be here uh, from 10 till, what, 2 today? In there somewhere? All right, 10 till 2. You'll be tuning in. He's in the back right now stacking things up, and I... Yeah, I don't know what they are, but he's just stacking them up. Uh, we got we got to celebrate some birthdays today. Got to say happy birthday to Bronson Pinchot from um, Perfect Strangers. He's Balky, you know him. Yeah, he's 30 today. Ron Reagan is 31. This is the son of the former president. Okay, Cher, 43 today. George Goble, Lonesome George, is 70 today. And uh, interestingly, it was uh, quite a few years ago on this date that um, Jimmy Stewart was born, 81 years ago. And of course, he also starred in that uh, movie about the uh, you know the, the Lindbergh. That's what I'm trying to say, and that's uh, on this date in history, too. So I wonder if that had anything to do with anything. Probably not. And so since I'm rambling on, we'll tell you we've got Bob Kovacic's weekend weather forecast, and it's a nice one coming up next. You never